Dead chickens were everywhere. While standing dazed, evaluating the mess and wondering about the future, he heard a stirring in the lumber pile that was the remains of the hen house. The rooster was climbing up through the debris. He didn't stop climbing until he had mounted the highest board on the pile. The old rooster dripping wet. Most of his feathers were gone, blown away. But the sun came over that eastern sunrise and he flapped his wings and he said, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Can you see it? Come on, say it with me five times. I won't give up. 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 That's the message. Read five times in Revelations, he said, those who overcome, those who don't give up, those who overcome, I will write your names in the Lamb's Book of Life. I will, I will, it goes on and on. So I have three things this morning, um, and one of them apparently my brother talked about last week. Hallelujah. I didn't know that. And so I believe these things will change your life. I agree with what Peter said in that you know what my gift is, is to push you and to give you a kick in the fanny. That's, that's who I am. And so I pray that you will receive the word of God this morning. His, let's look at this first verse. Y'all know it with me, why don't you read it with me? Proverbs 37, three to five. Man, those lights are light, bright. You got it, Carson? Come on, read it with me. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Tr delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So I have three things that will connotate in Jesus' name our faith. There's many, many things. But the first one is relationship. And I could talk for days and days about this word. Um, let me tell this little story. Again, I, I love word pictures. I love the rooster coming up out of that, out of that grave. I love it. And saying, that was his purpose to get the sun to, and I know well, it was built on inside of him. It doesn't matter that a storm just took place. Mm. Five o'clock p.m. on June 30th, 1859, a man named Charles Blonded started his slow walk on a tightrope over the Niagara Falls. 
from a rope tied on a rock on the American side and a tree on the Canadian side. Blondin, a premier tightrope roper of walk, tightrope walker of his time, the entire round took 23 minutes. Once safely back on the American side, Blondin immediately announced a series of encore performances, each one more daring than the last. The press ate it up, and over the weeks, Blondin walked backwards, blindfolded, backflipped, pushed a wheelbarrow, cooked breakfast, cooked an omelet on the rope. The spectators had, listen carefully, a belief and a hope. They began to trust him. Well, they began to, see, this is what this is called. This is the whole point of this message. How close in your walking, in your talking, in your sleeping, in your waking are you to Jesus? How much do you continue to press in, seek after, go after, run after, don't stop, don't give up, don't, don't stop looking at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Blondin's daring walk in 1859 changed. After he crossed over the Canadian side on his way back, the crowd was horrified as Colcord, his manager, was on his back. Go ahead, picture it. Take a moment. Take a deep breath and picture. Not just holding on to something or a camera. He had Colcord on his back. A few guy ropes snapped during the transit from the Canadian side, but Blondin never wavered, and he made it safely across to the American side. It was later reported that Blondin told his manager, you are no longer you. You are me. Until I, until I clear to the other side, mind, body, and soul, you are me. If I sway, you sway. Do not attempt to do anything except for be me. The spectator believed, but only Colcord trusted and became a part of and became one. How close are we to the Father, the Son? So point number one, in how to obtain great faith relationship. And we could go on all day about this, but I'm giving four aspects of relationship. Actually five, I think here. One is the father, and I, I wanna break this down. Two is the son, and three is the Holy Spirit. So let's stay there just for a minute. And I'm not going to go into great detail about this, but your job is to pursue the Heavenly Father. Um, this, this verse, I mean, wait, Romans, Romans 1.20, it's not up here, uh, but it says, even the creation itself points towards our God. Every time, how many would like to see the Graph, again. Come on. Please. 
thieves this week. But the creation points to God the Father, so you are without excuse, right? Number two, Jesus. The cross. Don't ever, ever think. You know, you'll wake up one morning and the Father will say, go to the cross. Kneel there. Throw your crown down there. And then my favorite, I've studied for 50 years the person of the Holy Spirit. Those of you who haven't heard the story, I'll give a 30-second version. I had a close friend. I walked him from ninth grade to nine years old to about 11th grade. And one day after receiving Jesus, he went to a church that poisoned him and told him the Holy Spirit was not for today and the gifts were gone. And he looked at me one time and said, if you ever talk about the Holy Spirit again, we're no longer friends. And a year, year and a half later, he took his head off with a shotgun. And so my study, my understanding of the comforter, the strengthener, the paraclete, the standby, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit of God, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit each and every day. He's the one that pushes me to, to, to push through that debris. what I've been called to do. Crow the caca that he's called me to crow. Amen? He's given each of you a caw, a crow, a, a word, a motivation, something to do. And if you haven't found it, he said, seek me and find me and search for me with all of your heart and I will be found of you. It will happen. What is this first part? Relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the second part is the body of Christ. Of course, we could spend forever on the Trinity, but that's my five-minute version. You know, I love my wife so much. I've, I've mistreated her at times. I've said wrong words. I've done her wrong. But after 40 years this August, she is truly my best friend. In the storms and in the norms, no, no matter what happens. So this is a, this is the litmus test. You know, some of my favorite people in the whole earth in my pattern of 40 years of ministry were people that were divorced. What do I mean? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let me just say the word. Let me talk about sin for a second. I have the greatest moments in my life. The other day listening to Andrew Womack, and he was talking about something that I was try, I've been trying to describe for 40 years. When I stand up, and uh, like for instance, I've been in prisons. I've been, I, just, I, I see people every single day, and they're on drugs, and they're, they get on my bus drunk sometimes 
And I just love them. And I don't have condemnation because, because as we sang this morning, we, we're all dead. And we have to come up out of the grave, out of the, out, of the, out of the miry clay and the muck. And we have to find a relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three in one. Thank you, Lord Jesus, don't we? Anyway, he, the word is self-righteous. If you were a murderer, I'll sit right here in front of a judge, and I will prove to you that I am worse than you or my life, or my past, correct. I've never had alcohol in my life. Beer, I've never had a beer in my life. And uh, Andrew Womack was saying, I've never had coffee. <laughs> he, he said, I've never had coffee. And I said, Mom, just for Mom this morning, I had a big, strong one this morning. Thank you, Mom. I love you. What's the point? I mean, I went, I went into a closet when I was in fifth grade and I swore to see what it felt like. Because <laughs> I haven't done those things. But self-righteousness is the worst sin. And I'm talking to any person that's sitting on the pew and you think you're something or that you have a, a highness about yourself, you are 10 times worse when you... Remember, you prophesied in my name. What's the point? I never knew. And that word connotates back to the Old Testament, intercourse. I never knew you that intimately. Have you pursued me? Do you know Jesus? When did you meet him? And if so, have you taken steps to know Jesus? And one of the huge parts of this whole, this whole message is that what do we do with the first relationships in our life? Our wife, our brothers, our elders. Our, and if you're, if you're secluded, if you don't get out and you meet with somebody and let them slap you across the face and say, what are you doing? Are you doing your devotions? Do you know the Lord? Are you, do you have someone that you meet with? I'm asking you to do that. I'm telling you that you won't get strong unless you have those relationships. And then the fourth, if that's four, the next person is the world. The greatest. I don't, I can't, I've been trying to quit driving the bus for three years. And first of all, they, I just love it. I love getting on that bus. And I love people getting on my bus. And, and he tells me when to put the radio up. And he tells me when to turn it off and when to say something and when not to say something. And most of the time, I don't talk about Jesus. I, don't, I can't tell you the number of times they get on the bus after the 20th time and they say, I don't know about you, but will you pray for me? And I never one time ever told them that I was a Christian. Somebody else told them. I don't know. It doesn't matter, does it? We are the light. Our job is not to gloat light. We just shine it. We don't have to speak it. We don't have to, we don't have to do anything except for be it. And today, I tell you what I'm getting. When, when we come forward, I want to see yourself coming forward and laying down pride, self-righteousness, my own justification, me being me, and I'm just, don't, don't you know? I'm good. No, you're not. 
Another thing Andrew said, he said, do not get good self-image. You don't need good self-image. Don't work on it. Work on Christ image. Go ahead and think that. You'll go home and say, hmm, I didn't like that. I like my self-image. I like looking in the mirror and the pop of my pimple or whatever, whatever's going on. Get, getting me nice and get good looking. Uh-uh. Christ image. So we got to keep moving on here. Carson, we're never going to get done, are we? Carson, move to uh, Ephesians 1.16. You can just write down uh, Philippians 1, 3 to 7. It just has to do with knowing. It's just praying for one another. I send this scripture to my friends all the time. Uh, Ephesians 1.16. Yes. My heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in prayers. My wife is always praying for me. She's always praying for our son and our daughter. They're not perfect yet. And neither am I. And so we keep on pressing forward. Remember that, remember that rooster? Remember, it was just a horrible night. It was the worst night ever. In fact, I'm underneath it so deep, I, I don't know if I can get up. In fact, what is my self-image? <laughs> did, did you see that rooster? It looked terrible, but it didn't matter. The purpose in his heart and his life still came out. Amen. One more. 1 John 1, 7. Look at this verse. But if I keep on living, this is in the Passion Translation. In the pure light that surrounds me, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses me from all sin. So when we do not have, see, the whole the, the entire law and the Old Testament was groaning for a moment where the barriers, where the, the barriers and the, the, the blockades and the walls would be Ephesians uh, 2. He is our peace who has broken down every wall. So if you're too high and mighty, and if you sit on your perch and your self-righteousness continues to move forward and you, you know, either that or you're just too good to receive God in every area of your life, I'm sorry. It's going to be trouble for you in this end times. It's going to be trouble. Acts 2, 46. Daily they met together at the temple courts and in, and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. Let's go to number two, Carson. Number one, everybody say it, relationships. And I didn't even tell you what the Lord showed me about it. The word gift. If you were to get a gift from Father, 
If he was to walk up to you at the beginning of whatever phase of your life, listen, 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 and say, let me give you this gift. Listen. That gift would be relationships. Treasure Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Treasure the beggar on the corner who I've judged. Holy Spirit, rebuke me. Don't judge him. Pray for him and give him a $10 bill if I tell you, or 20 whatever. They are there at that place. You say, but they're a fraud. They, shut your mouth. Don't be self-righteous. You have no idea. It could be an angel standing there. Stop it, Tim. Stop it. Cherish every single relationship. And when a barrier comes, you go and you say, forgive me. That's going to come in a few minutes. Number two. Now let me carefully see if it's up here. The crown. I worded this carefully because I want to read this a couple of times. The crown and the key to life, humility. Let me finish it. The crown of humility, true life. I'm going to leave it up there a second. Just read it again. So the key word to relationship is the word trust. And if you want a word picture, don't forget walking on the tightrope. Oh, I'm doing good. I, I have a, a bouncing beam. I have, I'm making an omelet. I'm doing whatever. Nope. I, listen, I am on the back. I am holding on. I'm in, I'm within, I'm around the Holy Spirit, and he walks me, and he will keep me safe. I trust, come on, say it, I trust the Holy Spirit. So the key to this, humility, is death. Everybody say death. I want to tell you, in 40 years, I can tell you that there's not one more powerful word. You say, well, that's kind of negative. What do, you do, what do you dwell on death for? You don't understand. Yes, you do understand. With my bad breath, any, every morning wakes up my flesh. I'll say that again. With my bad breath, every morning wakes up my flesh. And so I have to learn in every way possible how to die. I have to die. Number one, Jacob. And I'll give you the reference and you can look it up later. Go ahead to, go ahead to two. The woman of the alabaster box worth a year's wage. And number three, the prodigal son. I'm going to do this in just a couple minutes here. So what is the key? This is the Old Testament uh, um, uh, the, two, the, the second and third are the New Testament. 
But Jacob's name meant deceiver. What was your problem back there when you sinned? Listen, listen now. Well, first of all, I didn't die to myself. Second of all, I was deceived. I, I listened to a lie and I did the wrong thing. I was not healed of my bondage because I listened to the wrong, to, to the wrong thing. And I don't have a great uh, habit of dying to myself. I didn't humble myself at the cross that day and I left Holy Spirit sitting in my prayer room and I says, you're staying here today and I'm gonna go do my thing. Go ahead and say, ouch. It wasn't very exciting, but ouch. Yeah. Jacob's name was deceiver and he was an important stone. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and, and, and Jacob. Israel. His name changed when he fought. He pursued and he fought with God. He says, quit this. Don't fight with me. And he kept on quitting with the angel, fighting with the angel of the Lord. And his, and his, and his hip went out of socket and his name was changed that moment. The moment with the alabaster bah, uh, fragrant jar of oil. It wasn't a lid. It was, it was tight and she broke it all over Jesus. She wasted a year's wait. She wasted everything on Jesus. So whatever one of these apply to you today, you got to bring everything. You have to bring everything. You have to humble yourself. You have to define it for yourself. Define what it means to, to kill pride. Number three, I love the prodigal son. I love the running of the father. He came running. Songs about, I just remember songs for 30, 40 years about, about the father. So this is the day you think about the father. You think about his love. He's running. He says, you, you, you were lost. You were gone. Folks, you have children that are not in a good place. There's some other state. They might be next door. They might be around. You can't give up. You have to be the rooster that crows to the father and says, I am not giving up. I will not give 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 up. We will pray and we will keep on going until the answer comes. Amen? So prodigal can mean many different things. It doesn't necessarily mean they're not saved. It could mean whatever. Maybe you're a prodigal sitting right here and you say, yes, I have to come back. I have to, I have to come back for the church's sake, for my sake, for my children's sake, for God's, for God's sake. <laughs> he needs you. He needs you in the body of Christ to come back. So let's go to a couple of scriptures. James. Look at, look at these scriptures. If you ask, you won't receive it if you're asking with a corrupt motive. Seek only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who have affair, having an affair, an unholy relationship 
with the world. For it says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Is God resisting you? How's that working out for you? Ouch. 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Look at this. Uh, a true athlete will be disciplinary or disciplined in every respect that's dying to the flesh. Practicing constant self-control in order to win the laurel wreath that quickly withers, but we run the race to win a victor's crown that lasts forever. So we haven't talked much about the crown. Because we cry, holy, holy, holy. We fall down. And we lay on our crowns. You say, I'm not sure I have a crown. Yeah. Yep. Both, all in your relationship, you are crowned with an identity of either having a relationship or having turmoil or having pride or having a bondage of some kind. What is light anyway? What is it? It's shining off of me if I am not into myself. Jesus' light shines from me when I die to me and he begins to, to rise and live through me. I don't know how to describe it, but the greatest part of driving that bus is me not talking about Jesus until they ask me to pray. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm a Christian. Like, no, it really doesn't work that way. Number one, relationships. Trust. Number two, the crown of humility. And number three, the mark of a Christian. Oh, my favorite story. My favorite top 10 story <laughs> in the New Testament is Stephen. Just, just, he was preaching till the cows come home. He was preaching and preaching and they got so mad at him and they, they began to pick up stones. You know the story. Instead of reading it, though, that just, just, just picture it with me. And so they start hurling stones at him, and, it's, and it starts hitting. And blood is, you know, I mean, it's the most horrible 
unbelievably horrible, terrible scene that you can imagine. And he says, Father, forgive them and not let what they're doing to me make any difference. Don't even think about what they're doing to me. It doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, I see heaven itself opening up and the Son of God not sitting, you know, the, the, the Father seated on the throne, right? No, no, no. No, he, he stood up. And he's looking over the humility and the power of humility that is in Stephen as the stones are hurling and the words come out of him that was in Jesus, Father, forgive them. I like to tell this, this story just because I think it helps people. I had this person who is an evangelist and um, I, I wrote it in my book, $10 for those books if you want them today. Um, I couldn't stand this guy. Every time he came to a meeting, I went home and I, and I laid there in bed and I said, I don't like that guy. And then he came to the next meeting and he was showed up at the next meeting and the next, you know how that is? And I don't know if I told Kathy or not, but I, I just went to the Lord and I said, I don't like him. And he's saving millions and healed and saved and delivered over to overseas Africa and the reports keep on pouring in. And finally, long story, two years later, why don't I like him? I don't know. I've never figured it out. I just know my flesh didn't like him. So I leaned over to Kathy. Sure enough, we show up at a convention and he's sitting in the front row. I leaned over to Kathy and said, give me the checkbook. Then I wrote out a check for a pretty painful amount. And there was a break in the service, and I walked straight up, and I knelt before him. And I said, hello, my friend. And I handed him the check, and I grabbed his hands, and tears began to come down my face. Now, I want to tell you sincerely, I have no idea why I didn't like him. I can tell you that. I don't know. He was probably... Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? And I prayed and I cried and I blessed his ministry and I gave, gave him a monetary gift. That wasn't a bad idea at all. So today, if you don't like me, uh, my offering deal is right. <laughs> Forget it. Can I tell you that I like him now? And I pray for his ministry. I'm so thankful. He's a wonderful, 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 him and his wife, incredible person, ministry. What's the point? I don't know. The cross. The cross is just a place that I have to go. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Come on. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day.
forgave me. He forgave me right at this spot. You say, but the tomb is empty. I, I know it. But until, as long as I walk here on this earth, I have to go there. If you, if you want to, I'll give you an assignment. Take uh, 90 minutes and go on to Jesus Image uh, YouTube and find one of their, <clears throat> none of the services are less than two hours usually, two to three. And you will find a different type of worship. They literally sing about the cross for an hour and a half straight. But then the choir behind, just, just something. And we, we sit and we worship. We, we just, I just love it so much. And then he gets up and he talks about the cross. And the revelation that he has, and again, when you, if you take communion every day, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Why? He says, remember me. Why? Because our flesh wakes up with our bad breath every, every morning. And so we have, to learn how, we have to learn how to kill it and crucify. I am, come on, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to these verses. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. I think he's got it here. For I determined, see the word K-N-O-W again. Maybe he doesn't have this one here. It's okay if you don't. That's okay. I think the next one you got is uh, uh, forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness. It's okay. I determined not to know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Put that one right in front of your toilet and look at that every morning. Right now I have Psalm 16 there in the Passion Translation. Read it, write it down. It's good. Number two, uh, Colossians 2, 14. He canceled out every legal violation we had on record and the old arrest warranted that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins and our stains. He deleted it all. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed into his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Whoa! That's the passion again. The Passion, Colossians 2.14. The King James says, nailing it to the cross. Let me take three minutes and let me give you some gems about forgiveness. Forgiveness. This one is powerful. Meditate on this. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Think about Stephen. Trust is a two-way street. 
So something happened between me and Kath, and I'm not going to say something until he says it. No way I'm going to say I'm sorry until she says something, because she's the one that really did something wrong. Any questions? <laughs> no? Forgiveness is a one-way street. Forgive me. And the point is not is that you say, forgive me back. You get it. You get it. Two, the glory of Christianity is to conquer by forgiveness. I like that. Let's keep going. Number three, this one is powerful. <laughs> we are most like beasts when we kill. We are most like men when we judge. We are most like Jesus or God when we forgive. Forgiveness in the Bible. All have sinned. We all need forgiveness. Number five. At the cross, we find that we are all broken and incapable of saving ourselves. We must be forgiven. Do you live as if you're forgiven? Would you go? Yeah. I know we need to wind down here. Let me just talk a little bit more about relationships. Go ahead and close your eyes, if you will. Just sit there and, Father, as we wind down here in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord God, to bring this to a close. I think the picture has been painted. Are we going to choose to come up out of the ashes, out of the, the heap, Lord God, and say, forgive me, Lord. I forgive those I choose to have a relationship with you, Lord God. So God, I pray in Jesus' name for the future of this church. I pray in Jesus' name that every person in this room would learn how to die like never before. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hear the Father saying that you have to focus in on the Holy Spirit. My friends, Father saying to you, I sent him to live on the inside of you. My question is, are you a fountain or are you a river? If you have pride on forgiveness, you will be a fountain. 
you'll be small in your flow. And the more you forgive, the more you let go. You say, but, but they did not do me right. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Would you stand up with me, please? And as we close the service today, I want to ask this question, and it's a little bit difficult um, because it would be vulnerable for somebody in this room. I felt like I was praying that there was somebody that would be here today that does not know the Lord Jesus. Or if you would die today, that you know that you would go to heaven. And with the believers, please just pray. And maybe that person is online. I understand there's, there's people listening. even though I can't see extremely well through this light right here um, I'm just going to ask if there's somebody in this room that as I've preached today and, you're, and I'm talking about forgiveness and pride and bondages and all these things is there somebody in this room that if you would die you're not positive that you would go to heaven Would you just raise up your hand? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Everybody sure? Hallelujah. So let's do the next thing. If you put your hand right on your stomach in just a minute, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray that the Holy Spirit would come. And I want each of us in this room just to pray in the Holy Ghost. Every time I step in this pulpit, I feel quickened to thank my brother, Steve, pastor, that he's not afraid to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. As I told you about my story about my friend who committed suicide, he was poisoned because he did not know who the Holy Spirit was. And if today you have not received the baptism, I'm going to pray with you, and if you don't have a breakthrough, we'll be, we'll be up here to pray with you in a little bit. In a minute, I want to pray for that pride, that barrier of pride, that, that demonic thing that keeps you from pressing forward and not giving up and continuing to go into depression and hurt and hatred and bitterness and stuff. But just say this, say, Lord Jesus, so you put your hand right here. This is where it comes from, right on your, right on that gut, right? Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Would you just say this with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to trust you like never before. Come into my life. I died to myself. I go to the cross. I go to the cross of Christ. Do in me like you did in my first love. I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit again and again and again. And would you do me a favor? All of the ones that have received it, just let it out nice and loud. And the rest of you, in Jesus' name, 
alemos aparado gozin alaino kotorista ela vacia torodora alamas you say this is really weird I I don't know I don't understand this exactly isha lamona esra na to corresemana abaradeshi labasotro endara natai hasto lobo corriasta ele sinhata na katora rasta esre basere Thank you, Lord Jesus. I was wondering, I always, I, I, I'd like to push people over the top. If you are somebody who is struggling with pride and you would like to renounce it in the name of Jesus, see what I'm, you say, you mean, you mean come up front and renounce it? Yes. Because you have no idea. When you step out and you repent of a sin, something happens to other people. It happens every time. 40 years of ministry. I've never seen more powerful things than when people come up and they repent. Would there be somebody that would be willing to do that? Come right in. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Two or three people, and that, that's all I'm going to take. Anybody else? Could I find a, a mic? Yes. Anybody else? quickly and um, thank you Joan I just want you to tell them what, what's going on and I know it's vulnerable but you see this is what changes lives tell them what's going on in your in your being thank you Lord Jesus I'd like you to let you're not facing them just yeah just 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 say it vulnerable is, is extremely difficult for me because I've had people use it against me in the past and I'm laying it right down here before you Lord that to let that vulnerability out there to be stop being prideful to stop being so angry with people because of the fear that I have of being put down and I don't know if that's pride or whatever it is Lord whatever it is I'm just laying it at your feet I'm laying it at the altar today Lord that that needs to change and that needs to break in me and I know that there are other people here that feel that that go through that Lord and I'm just asking you Lord to take it from me today and if anyone else is out there that has it just lay it at the feet of him Jesus will take it Jesus will heal the brokenness that we have in ourselves. And I just thank you, Lord, for all of that. We just thank you, Lord. And if that's pride, Lord, just break that. Break that curse from my, my, my history, my mind, my whatever, wherever it's at, Lord, bring it to my mind so that I can lay it at your feet. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
whole. That's powerful. Through one other person. I'm telling you what it changes. It changes people's lives. Come on, you're my friend. Yeah, so um, I feel called to the school. And I struggle really bad with, like, pride against other teens. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm better than them. Like, sometimes, like, I look at their mistakes and compare my mistakes with them, which is really not a good idea. It's, it's just, it's very prideful. And I just want to lay that down before Christ right now. In the name of Jesus, I renounce this pride. In the name of Jesus, I renounce this pride. Thank you. Oh. We got a couple more minutes, folks. Anybody else? Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you, my friend. I tell you what, it takes guts. And I, I'm not saying it's easy. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm quickened just to ask one more question. Is there someone here that has never made a public confession of your faith. And you say, well, I, I'm not sure. I'm telling you, the most powerful services I've ever been in my life is at camp. When kids, they say, I'm saved, but I came up and they just declared, Jesus Christ is my Lord and I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, the glory, the praises that went high. Is there anybody in this room that would run up here and just do that today? Anybody? I know. Man, you're kind of bold, aren't you, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> anybody? You've never, never made a public confession of your faith. Or if you can't remember and you feel quickened to do that. Again, the first person who does it always has the greatest blessing. I am not kidding. Ten seconds. It'll change your life. Remember that. Please come up if you have something specific, stronghold, something you want to pray about. Um, and if some other elders or whatever would come up if we need more help. But Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for the gift of relationships, the crown of humility, and the mark of forgiveness. And I pray in Jesus' name that it would change our life this day and give us great faith. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Father, as you always do, to bless the food of Adan and Maria. Yum, yum. Thank you for their food. Help this fellowship today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. God bless you. Thank you.